Murata Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings, Social Studies. Brought to you by CarolHasTheBuyers.com. Carol Royce, your home sold guaranteed realty. Oh, after, on a day like today, after a night like last night, our social media accounts have got to be a beehive of activity. She's got her beekeeper's mask on to take us through it. Sarah Cazell's here with Social Studies. Oh, beehive. Beehive, no. baby. <laughs> Sorry, Mark Schlereth's got me a little goofy here. <laughs> no, no I, don't mention Mark Schlereth right now. The people are big mad at Mark Schlereth he's in the not, comments. Uh, he's not in the in the room still, is he? No. How yoked is he? <laughs> he yeah, he, 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 looks, he looks very, very swole. <laughs> he does. Yeah. I wouldn't mess with him. Member of the swole patrol? Mm-hmm. Good for him. <laughs> All right. Uh, welcome to Social Studies, everyone. Just a friendly reminder. Please, I'm not. I didn't lose last night, and I didn't say um, what Mark Schlereth just said on the radio. So please don't be mad at me. Everybody's mad at everybody. Por favor. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> I understand. Yeah. Yeah. It was a frustrating night. Absolutely. Uh, I wish I could have contributed. Alas, they did not ask me to. We are on Twitter at Bickley underscore Murata. At Bickley underscore Murata. That is where the action goes down every single day. And, of course, we are going to touch on those frustrations, deservedly so, um, by the Suns fan base now. Open-ended question to start off, guys. What was most frustrating about the Suns' Game 2 loss last night? 40% shooting. 10 of 27, 2 of 12. I mean, those are the numbers that stand out to me as the most frustrating. Yeah. um, The the fact that Chris Paul went down with another injury, it it just... Mm, That too. it's, (laughs) It's... It's ridiculous. It's like clockwork. It really is. I mean, you you truly can, unfortunately, bank on that being the case every single yep. postseason. All right. Justin Carpenter, his biggest frustration with last night's loss for the Suns, the fact that they brought the defense and physicality, but forgot how to shoot the ball. <laughs> Uncle Taco, I appreciate this. His handle is real Uncle Taco. <laughs> As opposed to all the fakers out there. Only follow the original. That's right. Only the real Uncle Taco. Taco. He says his biggest frustration is Chris Paul getting hurt like he always does and knowing we still have not developed a good backup plan for when that inevitably happens. Um, What the freak is going on with people? (laughs) That's the handle? That's the username. Wow. Uh, says KD not playing like KD is what's frustrating him the most. Debonio says loved how Denver was like, please beat us tonight. And everyone but Devin Booker said, no thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kieran and Ryan Daly says he's most frustrated that DA actually stepped up and played well, but everyone else was kind of flat. Just think if the majority of their shots actually went in, they would have won with at least 106 points. And they lost by 87, or not by 87. Well, it wasn't they that scored, scored 87. 87. No, you're right. You're right. No, you're right. I, I agree with that take. I really, really do. Bottom of my heart. Yeah. So <clears throat> that's why the idea that this series is over just doesn't resonate with me because I, I do not think Chris Paul's an insurmountable loss, and I do not think the Nuggets are an insurmountable opponent. There you go. Well Boom, said, Write Rick. it down, yeah. Isaiah Utley most frustrated by the fourth quarter stretch where the Suns could not buy a bucket. The 
opportunity was there. We could be talking today about how after an awful game by everyone except for Devin Booker, the series is split, heading back to Phoenix, but now it feels like we have to win the next two just to stay alive. All right, moving on to our next question. Still a Suns question. Um, We continue to lament the ineffective bench play from the Suns. Four points total last night. Uh, Who of these four guys most needs to get more playing time in this series? Your four options are TJ Warren, Terrence Ross, Jock Landale, or Darius Baisley? Wow. Uh, I think Terrence Ross is the play. I think Uh, there's only one answer to that question, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's the answer. I think he's he's got the requisite confidence and, and swag that you re- that this team really needs. Uh, the, I'm sorry, the bench really needs, and and so that I, I would be stunned if he doesn't get a look. It's funny we talked about the um, T.J. Warren and Terrence Ross since the trade. When you said earlier they made they acquired four people at the deadline. I couldn't even remember Darius Baisley. I had to actually look at the roster. That he never got any run this year for whatever reason. Yeah, very little. And I went back and looked at, you know, early in his career, and I think it was the bubble year. But he played in all seven games of a, of a first-round playoff series for Oklahoma City. And, you know, that went and he played substantial minutes too, so he's not he's not allergic to to the action. Um but Terrence Ross is the answer. T.J. Warren, to me, has been a, a mystery because I know when the Suns got him, they're like, wow, T.J. Warren, he can be a walking bucket. Right. Even when he did get opportunity in the regular season, I saw a guy who was very tentative to shoot the ball, and I think that's why he's been buried on the bench. Mm-hmm. Terrence Ross does not have that problem, so he's the answer. Our listeners believe he's the answer as well. 52% of our voters say Terrence Ross needs to get more playing time in this series. 36% look at T.J. Warren for getting more playing time. 10% say Jock Lane. Landale, 3% say Darius Baisley. Alex Havig says, I don't understand why we have Terrence Ross if we don't play him. Tino says we had four bench points last night, but have a guy named Terrence Ross who can explode for 30 at any given moment. He could also explode for shooting one for 30 at any moment. He could. Fair enough. But you got to try something different. The the Suns combined for one of 12 in corner threes. The Suns are already doing that, Jerry. No, it's worth the shot. The best shot in basketball, one for 12. Oof. Oof. All right, final question. Trying to inject some, uh, some, some fun into this one. In honor of James Harden who had a great night last night, carried the 76ers to a Game 1 win against the Celtics in Boston. We are asking open-ended, who, real or fictional, has the best beard of all time? Oh, wow. Uh, While I think about that, I'm going to multitask and say, how crazy was it that TD Garden in Boston was home to -to back-to-back heartbreak games like that? Brutal. That was wicked brutal. Uh, Why don't you just rip my heart out, Sully? <laughs> hey, Fitzy, what the hell is going on? First the Bruins, then the Celts. At least the Sox won in a walk-off. <laughs> the Sox. Thanks to Alex Verdugo. It's always Sully. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's got a friend named Sully in Boston. Sully and Patty. Yes, everybody. Fitzy. Uh, Ryan Fitzy. Fitzpatrick, speaking of Irish. That's Ooh, my best oh, beard of all time. Oh, that is a really good beard. Gilbert's pretty own. outstanding. 
I'm going to go with somebody off the beaten path, but it was it was way ahead of the beard curve. Do you remember Brett Kiesel from the Pittsburgh oh, Steelers? Of course. It was he was like the first guy to have the really unruly beard where you're like, "What the hell is he doing with his face?" And now everybody has it. Brett now, Kiesel is the answer. Wow, Brett Kiesel, my distant cousin, Brett Kiesel. <laughs> uh, Bick, who who's your best beard? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Said Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, James Harden, of course, got some votes, including from Durantula. Brian Wilson, the former Giants pitcher, which, you remember, he would, like, shoe polish it fully yeah. black. Uh, oh. Robbie Lashua put that one in. Of course, Archie Bradley got yeah. some votes. Brian Wilson was at the front end of the, the beard craze, too. Yeah. Very much an influencer. Yes. Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top fame. Oh, Those guys, cool. yep. Got quite a lot of votes. Uh, the OG beard guy, Santa Claus. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah. yeah. Solid beard. Yosemite Christopher Sam. Christopher Kringle. Love that guy. <laughs> what is up, Chris Kringle? <laughs> Jolly St. Nick. Woody Beard. No, well. <laughs> Alan Burns submitted Yosemite Sam, best dag nabbit, smacking beard west of the Picos. There's a lot of them to choose from now. Ooh, I hate that rabbit. <laughs> okay, Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, Has he been picked up yet, by the way? Not I don't, I don't think so, I don't no. Oh, maybe they're saving. They're going to surprise the Diamondbacks this series. The Rangers is going to pitch game two. <laughs> just going to pop out. <laughs> Remember me? <laughs> All right. Oh, man, uh, Schlera's appearance really changed the energy of this show, didn't it? <laughs> it's good. It was a depressing day. Can Mark Schlereth come off the Suns bench in game three? How's <laughs> uh, his jumper? <laughs> he might be too yoked to have a good jumper. <laughs> Uh, thank Biceps you, Sarah. too big. Thank, thank you. Thanks to every uh, yeah. Uh, thanks to everybody who chimed in on uh, social studies on Twitter. Coming up next, the Suns took six and a half games to reach their first injury adversity of the playoffs. But here we are. How do they overcome it? We'll get into that and more next. Bickley Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Bickley and Murata talk Suns Nuggets now. Chris Paul is going to leave the floor right now. Looks like he's headed to the locker room. Uh, I mean, it's tough. I, was, I don't know. I was surprised. I didn't know he was out until like, he came back to me. So uh, I pray he get better. We got a lot of time until the next game. So get that right. He just stopped moving it. Yeah. In the first half and even in the third quarter, we run a pick and roll, kick it to the backside, and we we, we just played. Um, after Chris went down, it kind of went away a little bit. Yeah, the uh, Chris Paul story, a big story from Game 2 for the Suns. He gets hurt in the uh, third quarter. Groin injury, no update on it as of yet. There was still unknown as of last night whether or not Chris Paul would undergo an MRI. We do know that there are three days of rest today, tomorrow, Thursday, before the Suns and Nuggets will do battle in Game 3 at Footprint Center on Friday night. So I guess that's a glimmer of hope. Um, you know, I, it, Chris Paul, 
we can admit, uh, and we've talked about it openly all season long, Vic, he's not the same player he was when he got to Phoenix. Your chances, if you're the Phoenix Suns, are not exclusively tied to the availability of Chris Paul, but you'd much rather have him. Oh, of course. Uh, Of course. Yeah, again, but but we said this going into game two. It's kind of, we're kind of at the the place in time where you're hoping for a good game from him. You're not expecting it, you're hoping Uh for it. And and that just seems to be the modern day reality of Chris Paul. And again, I, I think the Suns, with a little bit of luck and some confidence and uh, hitting the reset button, they can try to spin this into a positive and, and see and kind of just see what happens from there. There's going to be a lot of people blasting the Suns for if, if they if they check out of the series series unceremoniously. There are going to be a lot of people blasting them for for beating up on teams that have that are injured, that are missing their star players, and then they finally go up against a team of full strength and and this is what happens. It's it, it, that's I, I wouldn't call it a false narrative. I, I just don't think it's a hundred percent accurate. Um, but but I do think that I, I do think that the Suns really kind of have to pull this thing together, or it is going to slip away from them. Uh, there's a lot of curiosities. There's a lot of there's a lot of anger in the fan base. There's a lot of people still lamenting Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson. Um, it, it's it's really really been a weird weird dynamic. When I when I think about Matt Ishbia and how he must be looking at all of this, you know, there's the there's the whole Mikael Bridges thing as to why didn't he pop like that uh, like why didn't he pop in Phoenix like he did in Brooklyn what what was holding him back will Monty Williams be held accountable for that will James Jones be held accountable for never backing up Chris Paul with a truly competent competent backup point guard when you could basically count on Chris Paul getting hurt in the playoffs then I'm hearing this I don't know what if if you've heard this or if you know anything about this there are people who think that Chris Paul and his vegan diet is at the root of a lot of these postseason injuries that's above my pay grade. I don't know. I eat a lot of meat and my hip has hurt for like five <laughs> years. So. <laughs> I don't know That's if I'm, true. I don't so, know if I'm yeah. willing to go down that road. Right, exactly. I see I, I avoid tofu at all costs, so I can't really, you know Oh, me too. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't heard that. I had heard that in the past. Yeah. Uh and, and there's critics of, of that specific diet slash lifestyle that will will make those claims. I don't if there's science behind it, I haven't seen it. Mm. Not that I've looked for it either. Too many vegetables affect your groin. <laughs> I don't know if I've read that anywhere. <laughs> so what do you do now? Uh, and, and you know, even in social studies, the frustrating mm-hmm. part of it, you know, we got a lot of response with you know, Monty Williams using the wrong bench players, and I think that is more of a of a nod to Terrence Ross, maybe because he has not been tapped to be a guy to play major bench minutes yet. They've gone through a lot of other candidates that have not uh, done the job. You know, we talked to Tom Leander, if, if Chris Paul can't go in game three and beyond, what do you do? Is it as simple as, as plugging in Cameron Payne? Who's, by the way, the, the 16 minutes he played last night was the most he's played in a long time because he's coming back from an injury. Yeah. Is it that simple? Where do you go? I think this would definitely mark a, a return to the rotation or at least for for another audition for, for Landry Shamit moving forward just yeah. because you don't have the bodies. And no, Landry Shamit can handle the point to some degree. Yes, and, 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 he, and he can be a shot maker. Now, he's been very, very inconsistent. He's become sort of a, 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 a target of, of the fans' wrath, if you will. 
will. But I would, yeah, I would go back to him. I would definitely incorporate Terrence Ross. Um, after that, I, I don't know what I would do. I don't know, and, and maybe Damian Lee in in some role. But but again, I, I think they really need to map this out at, that beyond a game by game basis. Um, and and I don't know whether that means starting with book at the point and then bringing in campaign or trusting campaign with with a real clear promotion like this is our guy now that might empower him didn't campaign when did campaign go off the, off in the playoffs for that 29 point game was that in the Clippers series it was the Western that? Conference Finals in 21 okay when Chris Paul missed the first two games with Kobe that's what it was yeah. I, I really see the thing about campaign that, that I that I appreciate I want guys who are not afraid of the moment if, if you miss shots at this point in time I'm going to live with that but 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 we we and they need a basketball team with that's full on aggression yeah. and, and no trepidation no fear but i'm seeing like trepidation and and some fear and we had a caller bring it up too you know deandre Ayton offensive rebound where he's facing the hoop about 6 feet away and his first his first maneuver is to look for somebody else to pass the ball to mm-hmm. um you know josh Akogi getting in the lane from 5 feet away i mean if you're not confident taking a 5 footer what are we doing Mm-hmm. You know the 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 lack of confidence is spread throughout this team for yeah. everybody not named Devin Booker and and, and uh, Kevin Durant. I mean, even Chris Paul before the injury was passing up shots at different times yeah. where he would really have to force himself to Indeed. take open shots. It's it, it's just a strange phenomenon. It, it really is. But is it and, uh, is it the law of averages supposed to come around at some point too? Like one of these guys from the bench is going to just make some shots one night. Yeah, they flashed it up on 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 ESPN. Uh, and and something that I started tracking too early in the playoffs, the Suns are now at like eighty eight percent of their playoff production has been by the starting lineup, which is the second highest total. Um, only the two thousand five Suns got less from their bench; they had ninety percent of their their, wow. their points from starters. So it, it, it's not going into the series. Uh, our buddy Nick King he tweeted out a, a, a an amazing stat that going into the series, the Suns starting lineup was responsible for 107 points per game. The nearest closest competitor in the playoffs in terms of reliance on the starting lineup was at 93 points per game. That is how utterly top heavy the Suns basketball team wow. happens to be. But but again, I, I'm not saying this is a failed strategy until they're eliminated. I am. I, I will be shocked if Kevin Durant isn't the monster performer of Game 3, maybe Game 3 and Game 4. And for people who think that, for people who are starting to doubt him, then you didn't, then you don't know much about him in the first place and you probably don't deserve to have him on the Suns. Yep. So so I I think, I this is what I'm going to be watching because uh, I, I think that, um, I think he's very upset with himself and I think that he's going to uh, yeah. exact a pound of flesh in return. Seems like it's time. Yep. Uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, Red Hot Chili Peppers, heading to uh, State Farm Stadium with special guest The Strokes on May 14th. You can win a pair of tickets now by visiting the contest page at ArizonaSports.com. And a reminder, the FanDuel text line always open at 620-620. Uh, coming up. It is May 2nd. The draft is in the rearview mirror, and DeAndre Hopkins is still a Cardinal. Will we be saying that in September? The possibilities next. Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Time to take a look at the Arizona Sports poll question. Brought to you by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Let's go to ArizonaSports.com now. Scrolling past that new column from Dan Bickley to our new poll question for the day. Mark Schlereth says it's over, guys. He says the clackers are clacking. 
What say you about this series? <laughs> Do you think the Suns can come back from down two games against the Nuggets? Three options. Of course they can. They've got Booker and Kevin Durant. Yes, the Suns can come back, but only if Chris Paul is available to play. No, the Suns are done. Yeah, no, I, I, I would take the, of, of course, out of the first answer, but I would go A. Okay. A little a little less assured, but still yeah, A. Right, yeah, exactly. They, they can definitely come back. In fact, they will come back. How oh, wow. What about that, Schlereth? 934? You f- Hold that, on. You I need that? another chair for my clackers. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, can you get someone on that? <laughs> We've been asking. Oh, uh, man. Of course. is Yeah. Bix right. Of course is a little bit strong on the language. But, yeah. I mean, the series is not over. Okay. Well, that's not what our voters think right now. Of course not. 64% say the Suns are done. 25% say, of course, they can come back with Kev, uh, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker in tow. 11% say, yes, they can, but only if Chris Paul is back as well. And how about the possibility of getting maybe for the first time ever good news on the Chris Paul injury front? Again, these averages have to even out, don't they? Yeah, why not give that a shot for once? <laughs> sure. Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to train myself. I Thank know. you, Sarah. Uh, that's today's Sanderson Ford poll question. You can vote on it now on the homepage at ArizonaSports.com. Bigly and Murano Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I see everybody tell me to stay. Who said I want to go? Who said I wanted to leave? I'm out here working, baby. That's up. I see everybody telling me to stay. Who said I want to go? Who said I want to leave? I'm out here working. DeAndre Hopkins, May 1st, 2023. Working out apparently in Arizona, independently of the uh, Arizona Cardinals, but... How about that for a development, pick? <laughs> yeah, that is quite some development, isn't DeAndre it? DeAndre Hopkins probably uh, probably put his feet up on the couch on Thursday thinking, all right, my time here is pretty much done. It's going to happen tonight. And then it didn't happen on Thursday. And then, Since, oh, Friday, yeah. second round pick, right. maybe. And right, here we so are. Yeah, so it's one of two things to me. Number one, it's either that DeAndre Hopkins understands there is no trade to be made, and and he understands that that if he goes down uh, path A, which is to be militant about it or non-reporting, and 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 if he pulls the Jay Crowder, then it's going to make his quest for the Hall of Fame that much more arduous. Or or, or maybe they've come to an agreement that listen, stop flirting with other organizations. We'll see if they come correct. We you don't have to show up here now. Um, and if some team offers us what we consider to be fair value, we will indulge your trade request, but not until that happens. So uh, I'm not sure which one it is, but but he is backtracking. He is moonwalking a little bit. Yeah, and I think you know the stance from 31 other teams could change too. Now with the draft over, maybe there was hesitance to, you know what, we, we like Hopkins. He's still good. The contract's a little messy. We'd have to work on that. But we don't want to give up anything that's going to affect our haul in this year's draft. Mm-hmm. Teams in May, they might be a lot more agreeable to make a trade for a 2024 or a 2025 draft pick, which might be more attractive to Monty Austin for because of what he's been able to stockpile already for, for, for next year's draft. So this could change. I, I still have severe doubts that, that DeAndre Hopkins is going to suit up for the Cardinals this year. I think something will change. 
I just thought that was an interesting development yesterday. Yeah, no, listen, it, it, it was a very, very interesting development because it's, it's and again, I, I use the word slippery to describe him because it wasn't that long ago that he was openly flirting with other teams. And, and like you had pointed out, I had actually uh, purged this from my memory bank, playing the facial gesture um, game with, with uh, give us verbal yeah. or visual clues as to where you'd like to go. I mean, all of that stuff. I, I, I Even in real time, I thought that was a little over the top for a guy yeah. that has been under that is under contract that really uh, hasn't given Cardinals fair the Cardinals fair value in return. No, and, I mean he hasn't been terrible, but the availability, the suspension, and, and there's no doubt he he tapped out on his teammates last year. And yeah, they were four and four and eleven at the time when he d- chose to do that. But that's that 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 means something to me. Now the one thing we have said over and over is he never did officially ask for a trade. That is true, which makes it extra weird that Buddha Baker did ask for a trade, and then that was sort of the end of it. Like, there was never any more, like, public stuff or social media stuff with Buddha. Yeah, it's kind of like that guy. We've all known him in our... He's in a relationship, and he's not actively seeking for a, a new partner, but uh, he's not against it either, if the opportunity arises. Let's, uh, let's see what's out there. Yeah. Hey! She's flirting with me. Swipe right. <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. Now, Jonathan Gannon does have press availability today, mm-hmm. which will make Mike Florio thrilled, I'm sure. Uh, but he's also going to join Wolf and Luke today at uh, 1 o'clock. Oh, really? So we'll okay. hope maybe get some some concrete answers. Uh, I doubt it. Nice. Uh, on DeAndre Hopkins, we'll get some some discussion on the Isaiah Simmons decision not to uh, give him their pick up the uh, the fifth-year option on his rookie contract. So that, yeah. that'll happen well, uh, happen today. Yeah, and as I said earlier, I would like this this day would be the day where it would be appropriate for Jonathan Gannon to put up his hand and, and take his share of accountability in the, in the tampering fiasco uh-huh. that we covered earlier today. Um, I don't believe the Eagles. I don't think, what was the word? Artificially aggrieved. That is yeah. such a great phrase um, to describe what the Eagles tried to pull off on the Cardinals, and they basically tried to extract an asset from them. Here, here's another example. Mm-hmm. This is a football front a- office uh, equivalent to to flopping on a basketball court. Very much so. Yeah, Very flopping. much so. Very much so. And, and to sit there and pretend that Jonathan Gannon and Monty Austin Ford effectively unplugged the Eagles from their Super Bowl trajectory is it's it's asinine. Mm-hmm. Yet yet their fan base is going to believe it because they hold Jonathan Gannon in such contempt. The bottom line is Jonathan Gannon did tell all of us quite a fib, quite an elaborate fib, and, and I think he needs to take accountability for it. And we can all put this thing to bed. Yep. You can score the hottest ticket in town. Suns playoff tickets. Just text TICKET to 6 2620 register and listen for your name starting tomorrow during the 7 noon and 5 o'clock hours for your chance to qualify for tickets to see the Suns take on the Nuggets. That's ticket to 62620. Coming up next, we close out our Tuesday edition of Bickley and Murata Mornings with a little crosstalk with Wolf and Luke. Bix in Denver. We're here in Phoenix here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Bickley and Murata talk Suns Nuggets now. Suns lose to the Denver Nuggets last night. 97-87. Nuggets take a 2-0 series lead as the fun shifts to Phoenix now for games 3 and 4 Friday and Sunday. 
And uh, still, no word on the uh, condition of Chris Paul. But I, I, uh, I describe this as one of the more frustrating Suns mm. games that I've watched over the years. Beck, you were on, on no board doubt. with me. So let's now pick the brains of Wolf and Luke, who will be up uh, next here from 10 to 2 as they join us in studio here at the Akchin Community Studios. Frustration level 1 to 10 watching that game last night, guys. Very, very young. Okay, uh, 7. Can I give you a 7? Um, Only a 7? Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll give you a 7 I was going right to go there. like 19. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I would, I would again, go like a nine and a half, but Wolf always goes just one over me on our show. The price is right me, so I'll, I'll go eight. <laughs> well, the reason why I go seven, guys, is just because, once again, um, you know, I, I just don't think that Kevin Durant is suddenly going to go out there and shoot 10 to 27. just don't think that's going to happen going forward. Denver has held serve. Give them credit for what they did. They played very, very well. Now the Suns have got to do the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Make it a series again by winning their two games at home, but Kevin Durant going 10 of 27, I don't see that happening. Yeah, I just, the, the reason I would put it at like a 9 is these are playoff games, so the the regular season mentality of like, oh, we're figuring this out, you're down 2-0 in a best of 7 series, and I feel like last night they wasted a good DA game and now it feels like they can still win the series, but it's going to feel to me like they had to win 5 games to win the series, because they played well enough to win last night and you figure Kevin Durant hitting shots, or anybody off the yeah. bench hitting a couple shots is is the easy part of the equation. Well, if you're counting on that to happen, I think I, I, I think that horse has left it, the that barn. Is gone, yes. But yeah. Bick, and we didn't really talk about this today, but you know we could bring it up here because Wolf kind of touched on it, and that is after Game One, one of the rallying cries from the Sun side of things was, "Okay, what Denver did is not sustainable. Jamal Murray's not going to shoot like that." Aaron Gordon's not going to shoot like that. And guess what? We were right. It wasn't Mm -hmm. sustainable. Now, on the flip side, the rallying cry becomes, well, to what Wolf said, Kevin Durant shooting 10 for 27 (laughs) and 2 for 12 from three-point range is not sustainable. That won't happen again. But to to Luke's point, that's why you need to cash in on those things. That statistical Mm -hmm. anomaly came at a horrible time for the Suns last night. Yeah, Listen, here's what I think. I've been saying it all morning. I think we are going to get a ferocious clap back from Kevin Durant in Game 3, and if the Suns can find a way to win Game 3 and Game 4, that show of collective resilience will change everything about this series, and then it's going to be chaos, and the Suns will have an opportunity to win this thing. Um, I, I look at what the Suns are doing, and they're really relying on Devin Booker and, and Kevin Durant to go deep inside their bag to create offense because the guys around them, uh, they're afraid to shoot. They're not up for the moment. Monty Williams needs to develop a game plan. Instead of searching for the guy, the individual off the bench who's going to give this team some relief. He needs to find combinations that fit, that fit the matchups that Denver is throwing at him so so that they you can find some relief for Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. Um, relying on them to play 44 minutes a game isn't a plan. It's desperation. And, and so the head coach here has got a lot of work to do over the next 72 hours. And like I, I've said all morning, I think what he does with this next three days, largely going to determine whether he's coaching this team next year or not. It could be the case. Uh, And now you throw the complication of the Chris Paul injury. He leaves in the third quarter, played only 25 minutes. He was the one member of the Phoenix Suns who was a plus and plus minus. He was plus eight in his 25 minutes. Um, The Suns are not exactly equipped with a bevy of point guards to come in and just plug in, uh, which has been a, you know, a a point a lot of Suns fans have brought up. That's frustrating. If Chris Paul can't go, 
there's different ways Monty Williams can go with this. You can rely on point book. You can just put the ball in the hands of Cameron Payne from an energy standpoint. Uh, or you could you could go bigger. I mean, what would you do at this point if, if that is the case? Yeah, you know, once again, I don't know what you're going to do there, but I will tell you right now that this is not good news. You look at Chris Paul, of course, and I thought Chris Paul was starting to come around mm-hmm. right before he actually got hurt, and this is something that we've seen before, and at some point in time, you have to ask yourself just how much of a mental impact this might have on the locker room going forward. I, I don't know what the answer is to that. I just know that... I. I think they're they're probably most likely inside that locker room was a very passive approach, knowing that they have Kevin Durant and knowing they have Devin Booker, knowing they have even Chris Paul, a guy who's been around. He's seen an awful lot Um, that now I think is brought into question. And this is a wake up call like they have not received uh, since the Kevin Durant era has been here, which isn't very long <laughs> when you really <laughs> stop and think of how many games they've played with KD right now. But this is the wake-up call. The whole, we've got Kevin Durant. Ain't that something? We've got Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Um, we are more talented than most teams. We're the favorite. That whole thing just went right out the window right now. And I'm very, got KD. very, yeah, very, very <laughs> interested to see what that does to that locker room coming out from this point forward. Yeah, the campaign thing is is the most frustrating part for me because it, it's not that he can't do it, but it's you knew Chris Paul was an injury risk in the playoffs, and that to me is the one thing they just never addressed. And people have been saying it for two years. You got to have somebody behind Chris Paul because now I just feel like you're asking Devin Booker literally to do every job that comes up. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, I just don't know how realistic it is. The resilience thing that that, that Bick was talking about is is huge because you, if you look last year when they went out of the playoffs, they went one and four. The year before, they lost four straight. Like, it would be nice to see this team, okay, you've lost two in a row. Now, how about you win two in a row and get back in the series instead of just, well, there's a slide. I guess we're done. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Kellen Olsen was tweeting about this. He wrote about it, and he podcasted about it last night. You can catch all of that at ArizonaSports.com. But to what you just brought up, Luke, the, the reliance on Devin Booker to do everything, it wasn't supposed to be that way nope. when you add Kevin Durant. And yes, there's an acclimation process to any great superstar joining a team, and we've never seen it at this level this late in a high leverage playoff series. So, the, you know, the reality is that that's going on. Some people might say that's an excuse, but to Bick's point earlier, he was a little different mentality-wise, demeanor-wise, in his post-game press conference. He was so, he was disappointed in himself mm-hmm. because he knows his team needed more than 10 for 27. He knows his team needed more than 2 for 12. And we've all been waiting for this bubbling Kevin Durant moment. I thought last night was going to be the night. When that game got tight late in the third quarter and early in the fourth, I thought he was going to go off. He didn't. We're, we're st- yeah. I'm still confident we're going to get that no, before I, this listen, is I'm, over. I'm, I'm, I'm banking on it, to be honest with you, because Kevin Durant... We know that he is very engaged on social media, and you know it's out there right now. People crowing about how KD is about to fail with his third super team. There's a lot of stuff. That's, and, and look, from the Nuggets side, after dealing with the Suns and Four stuff last year, I understand the, the, the desire to flex back. But I, but I think you know, you're dealing with great players, prideful players, and, and they're coming home now. And, and it's real amateurish to think a series is over after 
after two games. It's amateurish to think a series is over before one of the teams has even played a home game. And, and, and Kevin Durant knows that. And Devin Booker knows that. And even though I do not think Chris Paul will be around uh, for the next couple of games, um, I do not think that that is something that's insurmountable for this team. They just they need to rally around the family, man. That's exactly with a pocket full of shells. Exactly. Metaphorically speaking, of Metaphorically course. Metaphorically speaking. Right. But honestly, you know, right now, that's what I'm talking about, Danny. They have to look at it exactly like that. Just what you said right there. Okay, we're coming home. We're going to hold serve. Let's do this. Let's get back at it. The desperation will definitely be there. Now, all of a sudden, you tie the series up. It's 2-2. And then it's the best of 2-3. or You've got to partition it in your mind. And hopefully, yep. that's what they'll do. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, with a missed opportunity last night, that wiggle room to take one of two at home, that's gone. No you, doubt. What you said, Wolf, is exactly right. No you doubt. have to hold serve. And that's two wins going back to Denver at 2-2. They should be able to. Denver was really impressive in, in game one. I didn't think Denver was that impressive at all last night. Jamal Murray disappeared for two and a half quarters. Yeah. So it's a beatable team, but you have to win. And who knows? Maybe in game three, the Suns won't go three quarters without shooting a free throw. Oh, boy. Oh, my Did you goodness. have to go there? <laughs> oh, no. They're about due for a Scott Foster game, too. Uh, <laughs> and why? <laughs> On that note, Bick, safe travels back, Thank you, buddy. man. We'll see you tomorrow, see you tomorrow morning. morning. Uh, thanks to our uh, uh, guest today, Mark Schlereth, Tom Leander, Wolf and Luke. Stick around. They got Jonathan Gannon coming up today at 1 o'clock. And a lot of Suns breakdown. We'll catch you tomorrow morning here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.